You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, and welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica, and today Riley and I are sitting down with Palmer Kelly, also known as Palm Weezy on TikTok and Instagram, and she is an actor, writer, and sex worker. She started her sex work career about seven years ago when she first moved to New York City and needed a job to help her survive and live while trying to make it as an actor. Since then, she has graduated from the New York Conservatory of Dramatic Arts, written and produced a pilot, and is currently pitching a scripted series she's writing about her journey through sex work. She also has a podcast launching early March called Selling Sex, which focuses on her experience in sex work and how she views the job and through the world outside of the sex industry. We absolutely loved sitting down with Palmer. Not only is she fucking hilarious and talented, but she is doing some awesome things with regards to sex work and media. And you guys are going to love her. So here you go. Palmer, thank you so much for joining us. So we're going to start with the why, the how, and the how of it all. So why did you want to get into sex work? How long have you been in the industry? And how did you get started in sex work? Um, why did I, uh, get started in sex work? Um, it was kind of accidental. I was a aspiring actor and I had just moved to New York and I just really, um, like didn't want to live a cliche like New York life, which is so funny because now that I think about it, it's like, becoming an actor and then going into the sex industry is like so cliche, but, um, (laughs) I didn't, I, I just was like, I feel like my personality and everything about, obviously I was like destined to be famous in some way. So I was like, I feel like my personality and like everything about me is just like, I'm, I'm more suited for like a cooler job than just like being a barista or like being a waitress, whatever. And because I wanted to be an actor, I knew I just needed, like, a survival job that I didn't really care about. Um, So I went on Craigslist to try to look for, like, cool jobs. And um, the Craigslist ad said, like, do you want to make, like, $500 to $1,000 a night just, like, being you and being hot and having, like, a good personality? And I was like, oh, it must be some, like, New York, like, club shit with that, like, they just pay like hot girls to like talk to guys. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. So I like sent in on the like Craigslist ad, they had an email and I sent in like two of my photos and they're like, okay, we're going to have like a group casting. And then, which is also so funny because I'm literally like 17 years old, just like got like sending my photos out to random like Craigslist ads and like gallivanting around New York to these like crazy castings. I'm like, I could have totally just been killed, but whatever. Um, Yeah, so then I went to this, like, group casting, and it was this guy, and he was like, yeah, these are the events that we have, like, just talking about how we talk to guys, and they can, like, tip us, and they just want to feel like like we're being, like, personable and that we're paying attention to them and stuff. And then he was like, yeah, so you're invited to the event, like, tomorrow night if you want to come. Like, this is the attire that you wear. And I was just thinking – I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm, like, still kind of confused, but, like, I don't have a job anyway, so what's the difference? And then I show up to the event, and it's literally just, like, 
a strip club. Like it's a normal bar, but then you just like go behind this velvet curtain and it's just like the lap dance room. And the more that I talk about it, like on TikTok, um, the more that I realize this is so many girls like journey into sex work because they're like, oh yeah, I also answered a Craigslist ad and like now I'm a full like fledged sex worker. And I'm like, I love that. Um, but yeah, I just was like, oh, like this is pretty much a strip club. Like this is so weird. But I was like already there and I almost just saw it as like an acting job. Like I'm like, oh, I just have to like pretend to be this super cool, sexy girl who wants to give a lap dance, like whatever. And I think I made like $800 or something that night. So then I just continued to do that. And then eventually I like found my way to the world of like the normal strip club. I like learned how to do pole stuff. And then um, I like hated working at the club for a bit. And I was like, I just want to get paid to do nothing, please. So that's like, I just became a sugar baby, like, which is the opposite of doing nothing, to be honest. But um, yeah, then I just like entered the world of like full service. And yeah, that was, that was it. And I've been, I've been doing it for like seven years. And you said you started at 17? Yeah, I was like 17. It was when I first like moved to New York. Um, yeah, I was like 17 and now I'm 26, but I've had like a lot of breaks, like years where I just didn't do it or like I was like, I need to focus on something else or like I need to stop being like money oriented and maybe that'll help me like creatively, you know? So like it's been like on and off, I guess, but yeah. I love the idea that you like a 17 year old sends their pictures to a Craigslist ad and they're like, it's fine. Get on in here. Yeah. Like they like immediate response. They were like, okay, here's the address that you can go to. I'm like, red flag. That's so creepy and weird, but off I go. Here I go. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, what was the second question? Uh, you, you, you hit them all, yeah. actually. Yeah. You did, you did okay. Uh, so what all avenues have you worked in then in sex work? I guess uh, stripping, full service, and sugaring? Yeah. Like I started out at – they call them underground lap dance clubs, I guess, um, which is like a big thing in New York just because New York is like oh, so annoying. Like it's like too bougie and cool for like normal strip clubs, I feel. So they started this like underground lap dance club where it's like – Girl, more like girl next door kind of thing. So almost like the antithesis of like everything I believe because I'm like, I believe that women should just be able to be out and be strippers and be sex workers or whatever. And like New York is like, no, that's such a sin. Like so stupid. But um, also I've noticed in New York that the strip clubs are like not geared towards like, like even the real strip clubs, they like don't want it to look like a strip club. Like there's like, oftentimes there's like not a pole on the stage or like, um, it it's just like the stage is really far in the back and they make it look just very like bar like like they don't want girls to make money on stage like they almost don't want to be like seat like oh strip clubs are like too seedy or something I don't know but so I kind of hated working in New York but um yeah I was a dancer I the the I've done like full service but I've only done full service through like being a sugar baby like Seeking arrangements was just, like, the place I went. Like, I was never, like, an actual escort where I, like, 
had a website and like was like, oh, it's going to cost $1,500 an hour or something, you know? It was always just like, yeah, like through sugaring. But because I most of the time would see guys like once, it was pretty much just like being an escort. Um, I had a couple like sugar daddies that I saw like multiple times that were kind of like my people, but they just got so annoying that I like hated doing that. I was like, I just don't ever want to talk to you guys again. Like, just give me my money. <laughs> let me go. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's relatable. <laughs> just people in general. Are <laughs> I've never done like dominatrix work. I'm not good at like dominating people. I've never like worked in a dungeon or like really done any of that. I, I've, I've done like fetish stuff, I guess, just like through like guys asking me to like do weird fetishes like um me and my roommate discovered that we both had like an enema guy who like wanted to give us an enema um did he do it himself or did he just watch you do it no he like wanted to give me the enema I never went through with the enema but he like wanted to do a bunch of other weird stuff yeah and then he like asked me about the enema and I was like I don't know how I feel about this and then I like never saw him again so I was like okay um Okay, but you said that yeah, your I've, friend had the same sugar daddy. So did she go through with it? We have enema questions. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah no. We just recently discovered – because she was like – she was talk. she would always just call this guy like enema daddy and she was talking about it and I never thought – like we just met like a couple months ago in LA, but she also lived in New York and like did sex work, whatever. So I never even thought to think like, oh, that's the same – maybe the same sugar daddy that I had that like wanted to give me an enema. I just assumed that that was like, I guess a normal fetish that like guys had. It's not abnormal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. Girls probably just don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to talk about getting an enema. So, um, but then she started like getting more in depth, like, Oh, there was like these erotic stories that he would send. And I was like, yeah, this all sounds really familiar. <laughs> like I You're having like, a flashback. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, I was like, wait, did he smoke cigars? And she was like, shut up. Like, this is the same guy. Like, I'm dead. I was like, dude. I was like, yeah, he he like always sat in a chair and like smoked cigars. And she was like, yes, literally, this is the same guy. But um apparently she he literally did it to her like because she kind of said the same thing. She was like, yeah, I like told him I like didn't, I didn't want to do like butt stuff. And then he, because he made us do like weird stuff. Like we would like have to go in the corner and like be like handcuffed and he would like whip us or like paddle us, like whatever it was. And she was like, yeah, I was like literally in a corner. And then he like shoved this thing up my butt. And, like, I was literally, like, and she was, like, and I ran to the bathroom and I was, like, oh, my God, like, go away. Like, this is horrible. And I was, like, oh, my God, that's so rough. Like, he literally thought he could give her, like, an enema without her knowing. Like, how? Oh, uh, men are the worst. Oh, the disrespect of boundaries. I know. But it was fr- warning on this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It was frustrating because I was like, yeah, he was great because you didn't have to have sex with him. Like, because he just wanted to do all this other weird stuff. So I guess he thought like, oh, this is just like part of the she's going along with the weird stuff. So like, I'm going to keep going. And she was like, uh, no, like, this is ridiculous. But yeah, but we discovered we had the same enema guy, which 
was hilarious. But yeah, I've had like pregnancy fetish guy. I've had like, like, like step sibling fetish guy. Like um, classic. Yeah. Classic step step daddy. <laughs> yeah, I've had like even just like guy who like really wants me to be like hookery like wear a wig and just like a lot of makeup and stuff um but yeah never never anything like super in the like bondage kind of like dominatrix world but yeah I really want to find a guy who's super into watching me like read my book and drink my tea (laughs) before bed like and he just watches me enjoy my novel (laughs) That's no, my goal. I know. I feel the same way. <laughs> Where are they at? So you said that you hated stripping in New York. Where else have you stripped? Um, I've stripped in Phoenix. I've stripped in Florida, but like just in my hometown, like really small, like beach vibes, not like Miami or Tampa or anything. Um, and I've stripped in Vegas. Have I stripped anywhere else? Are you stripping in LA? Um, I've been to a lot of clubs like as a patron in LA. And what I've realized is like the laws are super weird here. Like a while ago, they made laws that certain clubs you were like employees of the club. Mm -hmm. So like you weren't an independent contractor, which is not the vibe because then you have a schedule. You like, I mean, obviously I pay taxes on being a stripper anyway, but like I would like I you'd absolutely have to because you could get a W2 so like I don't know you like have there's like certain hours you have to work like you can't just work for like fucking 10 hour shifts whatever um yeah just like things like that that I feel like some clubs now follow which is weird and then um like there's full nude clubs here um and if it's full nude they don't serve alcohol, but if they do serve alcohol, then it's just a bikini bar. And what I've noticed is like, because it's just a bikini bar, it's very like almost burlesque So you have to be like really good at the pole or like just like really performancey, stagey. Like that's how girls make their monies. That, that's like what I've noticed and what I feel. So I just haven't really been like excited about dancing in LA. Like I've really been like, fuck like how else can I make money here because it just seems like a lot to like work around you know out of um Florida Vegas and New York where have been your best and worst places to dance and Phoenix oh and Phoenix yeah um I loved dancing in Vegas which is funny because normally I hate like like, the reason I hated New York a lot was because, like, I got a lot of anxiety when there was, like, a lot of people in the club and people were just, like, partying and, like, clubbing. Like, which – so when I went to Vegas, I was, like, I'm going to fucking hate this. Like, this is going to be so horrible. But the reason that Vegas is so awesome is because, like, they they appreciate their dancers and they know that, like, half of the Vegas strip, like, runs off of strip clubs and, like – half of what you think of when you think of Vegas is like strippers. So they want the dancers to make money, number one. And number two, like the every every customer is there to spend money. Like they're all on vacation. They're all fucked up. Like they're all trying to like spend a bunch of money on strippers. <laughs> like it's just so much easier to make money there. 
And number three, it's like because nothing else is as expensive, like Vegas is so cheap that like the club doesn't take any of like the girls' money, like if they do rooms or something. Like it's really just they make money off alcohol. Like their overhead, like their rent is probably so cheap, like being in the fucking desert in Vegas that like they're like, yeah, whatever. We make so much money like off alcohol sales. So like whatever. So I just feel like they have a better business model for dancers. It is harder to dance there because of that. Like you have to get a bunch of licenses. Um, You have to do like an alcohol uh, you have to get like alcohol certified or something like that. Um, you have to get fingerprinted. You have to get like a sheriff's license. Like it's kind of a lot, but it is definitely, I would say it's definitely worth it. Especially even if you just want to go out there, like it's so cheap to just like get an Airbnb and you could just like strip for like two weeks and probably make like a shit ton of money. Yeah. We, I mean, I briefly looked into it, but it's just so impossible as a Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, all the shit you have to get. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah, I know. They don't want us. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't want all That's the imports tough. coming in and taking all their uh, their tourist money. Yeah. Like there's a lot of imports in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not us, though. <laughs> Not us. <it. laughs> so we're kind of switching gears to talk about more, like, media representation So as we mentioned in your bio, you made a web series called Sex Worker in the City and a full-length pilot for a series called Sugar on top of that. Yes. The video that really prompted us to want you on the podcast, aside from all your amazing TikToks and Riley being in my ear constantly about you, uh, (laughs) was this one discussing your plans to film another pilot. Uh, What made you want to create media depicting sex work? Um... I guess because I've literally always seen my life as a movie, Um, being someone who has always been a performer, who has always wanted to work on set. Like I've literally every time something happens to me, I'm like, how could this be a movie? Like, this is so cool. Or like, this is such a different perspective, whatever. So when I got into sex work, like, obviously I was just like, oh my God, like how is there not, I mean, I guess there is a bunch of movies and stuff, but yeah, it, it obviously never felt like my experience. Like it just felt so uh, either like pretty woman, which is like the extreme of like, oh, of course she falls in love with this guy, whatever. Or it was, you know, drug addict girl, no family, like broken, whatever. And I was like, where is where are the girls like me? Especially after being in it for so long, I've just met so many, so many people. And I was like, oh my God, all these people are so interesting. Like, I'm sure any, I'm sure anyone at any job, like that isn't really in the media feels this way. Like even just like maybe working for like a corporate company, even like MLM, MLM like schemes, like eventually people were like, okay, why isn't this in the media? Like this shit is crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah, like working at the club, I'm like, God, there's so many different types of people here, but they're all like so awesome. They they all have like all these different dreams and aspirations. And yet every time I like turn on the TV, it's like negative connotations towards us all the time. And I was like, well, I feel as though it is my duty <laughs> as someone who like attended acting school and just knows about like production and writing to 
now put this out into the world. And obviously, like, being an actor, like, people always ask, like, about survival jobs. And I'm like, why don't more actors, like, do this as a survival survival job or just performers in general? Because, like, we are really just performing. Like, we take our clothes off for parts for, like, on Broadway, on stages in front of, like, people all the time. Like, what's the difference? Like, why is this so frowned upon? How come every time I have to, like, make something up or, like, oh, I'm a bartender. Like, why can't I just say I'm a stripper? Like, this is so stupid. And I'm like, oh, it's because of all these, all this bad stigma around it, mostly because of the media. Like, because people don't, people don't know it enough. Like, not enough people have been in this world to fully understand it. So, um, yeah, I was just like, I... I feel like I need to change that. <laughs> and I feel like I, I've i envisioned so many scenes and so many movies like throughout my lifetime of doing this that I'm like, I, I just need to, I need to make all the media I can. Like, it's not even necessarily for like, yes, I want it to break stigmas and like, yes, I want it to um, like, to help people and make them feel like less alone. But at the end of the day, like I am, I write what I see all the time. Like there are stories in my head all the time about like every day of my life, everyday conversations and just being at the club. Like it, I was just like, I have to write about this. Like there are so many stories and so many conversations and so many characters. Like this could, I, I'm, I'm just like, I have so much material being in this line of work for like eight years. I could write about a new thing about this line of work, like every day, like, so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think we often always see our line of work either being victimized or villainized like hustlers like drugging men and stuff can you think of anything where like there's actually been some good examples of sex worker portrayal in the media Mm, I think there's parts of stories that I appreciate but I've yeah, like I've really yet to be like, yes, oh my God, like this is it, perfect. And I've seen, like people are always like, but have you seen this? This sounds like this. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm like, I've seen it all. Like I've seen every like stripper, sex worker movie, whatever. Um, But I think, yeah, I think there's like good part, there's good and bad parts of like a lot of them. That's why I'm like, someone just needs to take all of this and like put it into one because- I even think of like bonding on Netflix. I love like I love that that was more lighthearted and funny and more like matter of fact. Like she had like a slave that she like called this guy that just like walked around her house like and did things for her. Like Gunther looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, he's just that guy, whatever. And I'm like, I love that. I love that that's like you know, she's not like, oh no, who am I to have this person in my house? Like, oh my God, so horrible. I don't know. So, but it was also like super, almost like Disney, like almost like the Disney version of like being a dominatrix, you know? And, but then there's like the other side of it, like you said, like hustlers or even girlfriend experience, which I hate, um, where it's just super dark, super moody, like, she becomes an escort and then she has no friends. Like she suddenly is like stealing and like doing drugs and doing all these bad. And it's just like, what? Like, so I'm like, where's the in-between? Like even at Hustlers, 
I think there's like such a great story in Hustlers of like friendship and like the fact that you find these people like bonds are formed in sex work like so quickly because it's just like two girls like doing what doing what they love to do that are so ostracized by the rest of the world that like they connect with each other like faster I feel so I loved in Hustlers that it like it was just like such a quick connection. Like she was just like, okay, I'm going to help you. And I'm like, that is actually so facts. Like you always maybe just find that one girl that you just connect with and then you like go on this crazy journey, whatever. But obviously, yeah, it was, it was one singular story about this super crazy dramatic event that like, that doesn't happen in everyone's life. Like that is not, yeah. Like not every stripper is out drugging guys. Like that's just not, But yeah, I don't know. There's like parts of – I'm trying to think if there's like one thing. Like even like showgirls, which is so rough. I'm like, I get it. Like you you came out into a city to like be a star and you're like kind of like neurotic about it and like that's your dream. I'm like, cool, love that. Like get that. But just the way it's like depict – like it just is – I don't know. I guess because they're probably all written by men that they just don't understand like what women are actually feeling or going through during these times. So (laughs) they've been butthurt by one stripper and they're like, I'm going to make a movie. (laughs) Literally. Even I just I just watched this one movie called Afternoon Delight with Katherine Hahn, who I love. No, I was going to watch that. Yeah. And it's like good. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's like a good actor. It's like kind of a cool story of like she's going through like a midlife crisis. She's like whatever 40 and she meets this, I forget like how she gets to the strip club, but she like meets this stripper and she like feels bad for her and is like, you can just like come live with us. And like, that's how she finds her like way and of like this midlife crisis. I don't know. But then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like she realized the stripper was just like a normal person and like wanted to help her and like blah, blah, blah. But then the stripper like tries to sleep with the husband and I'm like no like that's so annoying like of course she's like oh actually a home wrecker like there's always like this bad connotation like why couldn't why couldn't the other Catherine Hahn's character do something bad like I don't know there just always has to be like oh but of course she's actually this like adulteress who like blah, blah, blah. I don't know but um yeah so I think there's like good and bad parts of of everything um but yeah I can't think of like one thing that I'm like yeah that was so good the only like thoroughly good one I've seen is easy on Netflix um season two episode three (laughs) they show a full I know exactly the one uh, (laughs) because it's so few and far between not even a series just a specific episode well like they have like it's like a little mini like it's like an anthology yeah yeah Yeah. and like specifically season two episode three they talk about they show a full service sex worker and they do a really good job representing her um and that's the only time in my mind I thought that's like this yeah wait I really feel like I remember that too because I remember being like yes dude I need to watch that again you just send me the exact episode um because I feel like I watched that series also and yeah, definitely thought that, like, I, like, was, like, laughing, but then also was, like, feeling for her. I feel like I remember thinking that, too, about that episode. I wish I could, like, remember, remember it more, but, yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, I will send it to you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I need to watch that again. Um, But, 
Yeah, it's like, and that's that's always the thing too. Like they're always like a side character or like just a random episode because it's like a cool, like it's like just an interesting perspective that we can like throw in there. But I'm like, this is, for some people, this is almost like mundane. Like I'm like, I go, I get ready. I go to the club, whatever. I take my clothes off. I go home, like whatever, not a big deal. But I'm like, that's why I would love to have a series that centers around just this person going through their life doing this to see like, all the ups and downs like it can be horrible and stupid and annoying and you can cry every night and like but you also can be like oh my god this is the best job ever and like I'm so grateful I can do this job and like the people here make me feel so good about myself but that's the thing it's like why do we have to why do we have to like clarify that so much whereas like that's every job like that's literally every job but like as a stripper we have to be like yeah there are highs and lows like yeah, we get it. There's highs and lows for everything. Like, I don't, but. It's the same, like, the whole, like, are you empowered idea. Oh. It's like, your coffee barista is probably not empowered making that mocha latte for yeah. you. Like, but you're not, you don't demand it of her, right? So it is this, like, weird requirement for our job that we need to, like, justify why there are the lows and make up for them with the highs and we're are empowered and blah yeah. blah blah it's like the yeah. same as like the whole or does your family know or what does your partner think about you doing so like what does your partner think about you being a plumber Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> no I know I'm like yeah, I'm yeah. sorry I have my life way more together than most like guys in a band or some shit like <laughs> shout out to all the musicians yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. So what is the process like for having a TV show or a movie get picked up? And is it more difficult to get picked up if the topic is about sex work? Um, is it tr- Or is it true what they say about, like, sex sells? Um, a pro and a con, I guess. I mean, luckily, I think I'm kind of trying to sell a show about this at a perfect time because – it is almost like it's that thing that's been in the media kind of like recently, like hustlers or just like, like even that whole OnlyFans thing. Like obviously OnlyFans was like a big thing like during quarantine. So I feel like it's definitely more in the public eye. So people are almost asking for it, but they're also really nervous about who's telling it and like what, uh, what the stigma is like gonna be surrounding if they pick it up or they talk about or talk about it or whatever it is so yeah it just like depends but it's also I think me being a woman and a sex worker trying to sell my sex worker story actually is there is a very very specific person I think that's gonna sell it and gonna like pitch it for me and believe in it for me because like as much as most people around me say like, yes, it's so awesome that there's finally like someone who has done this work that is telling this story. Hollywood is still Hollywood and they're still very uh, misogynistic and they're still very like, oh, if you're, if you haven't done this, this, and this, and this, like, who are you to tell this story? And like, it's true. I don't have like major writing credits. Like I went to acting school. So like I've read screenplays, I guess, but yeah, it is hard. Like it, it's definitely a pro, I think, when kind of trying to get it produced because production companies are like smaller. Obviously, like I could work with like 
two women in a production company, they could be like, yeah, like, let's produce this. Like, we'll give you money for our production company. But then from there, you pitch it to the studios, like whatever, Netflix or HBO or whatever. And those are might be the people that are like, nah, dude, like, we don't want a story. Like, that was inspiring to you, but our we might not want that backlash of like, oh, we put out this, like, story about this sex worker who had no credits and now it flopped and everyone, you know, like, they take a risk, like, on me. But as a storyteller, I think it's great. And I think the people who, like, produce it and want to, like, help me write it and stuff see it as a pro. But it is still, we live in the world of, it is a very controversial subject. And me being a sex worker is even more controversial. And will people take me seriously at all? Like, you know, so like I'll probably get in a room with a bunch of guys and they'll probably be like this fucking slut. What does she know? <laughs> like whatever. But yeah, so it's like a it's a pro and a con, I guess. Yeah, that's so frustrating because even like I know I really know nothing about Hollywood and like how anything is produced. But from like my thoughts would be like, OK, well, you would want to go maybe to a woman like producer or like someone to pick it up like a woman who runs that type of business but then you think okay well like even those who are supposed to be the most inclusive like Mindy um puts like little snide comments in her um her productions like that um was that slides of college girls yeah had to like have a line in it being like um don't worry mom I'm not going to become a prostitute like, and it's, it's just so disheartening when you see like women who really sort of were like ahead of the game with inclusivity and stuff and feminism and stuff like that still like take a stab at sex workers. Or Harlem too. I was all for the show and I was like, I think it was awesome to have like a full female cast, a full um, female cast of color. And then throughout it, they're constantly making jabs about strippers. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I just can't support this. So it's like, you guys are swerfs, like, cool. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I get it. Like, I'm never going to be that, like, super social justice warrior of, like, everyone has to think prostitutes and sex workers and strippers are great. Like, because there is still a side of the job where, like, yeah, people have pimps that are horrible that, like, you know, they become a slave to this job and they can't get out. Like, there's still that world. Like, there is still obviously, like, people being sold into sex slavery, like, through sketchy kind of sex work like I I get it and I get that like it'll never I don't think it'll ever be I also I also come from a background of comedy so like I get using like I'm not gonna become a prostitute as like a punchline for a joke because like I would say the same thing like I would be like I I don't know like I I get it that like the word prostitute is like funny like that's like the funny I don't know like maybe I'm wrong for saying that but I'm like I I don't I guess I just don't foresee like that ever not being like I'd rather it be like a tool for comedy than like a tool for yeah like it being super like negative I don't know like I what's the word I'm looking for like I Yeah, I don't know how to like word this properly, but um, yeah, I just, I guess I get it. Like I get the the social 
aspect of it all. Like I'm, I'm able to make fun of myself. So like, but I guess it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you're a sex worker, you can make fun of yourself, but you're not allowed to like make fun of other sex workers. That's how I feel. I, I guess think if you're like, part of a marginalized yeah. community, you can make fun of the marginalized community. But if you're an outsider making fun of a marginalized community, I find that very problematic. And I find like when yeah. squares are making like dead hooker jokes, it's like, you're just not funny. Just say you're not funny. Like you're using low hanging yeah, fruit to like try to be funny. And like, yeah, obviously there's an extent, like there's an extent I think of, of like funniness and like of a joke, of like the point, like if it's not like driving the story, like why just add that, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. why just say all these jobs and like say all these things and like, yeah, like there's no point. But I think I, I, I I'm just like, I think it's like an accurate funny thing to be like, oh, you're going to go off to college and like from college become prostitute. Like obviously that's two totally different sides of the spectrum. Like that aligns like in the joke kind of obviously like, I don't know, like that I guess like makes sense to me more than like doing it as like a negative, you know, like a super negative like thing. I don't know. It's, I guess it's the same way of like making jokes about like like, oh, I'm, I'm really poor. Like I got, I got like yelled at because I, in my TikTok, I was like, yeah, then I moved to New York and I was like poor. So I decided to do this. And they were like, you're not poor. Like, you don't even know what poor is. Like, you can't just use the word poor and like think that it's like a cute, funny thing. And I'm like, I get it. I get it that like, I wasn't in poverty. Like I, this wasn't like, I need to survive. I need to do this. Like, and I will fully acknowledge that. But I'm like, I do realize that poor has just become like a word in the like zeitgeist of like words that we use. And maybe that is something that like, I do have to think about more often of like, I shouldn't, like if I have a hundred dollars in my bank account, like I'm not poor, you know, like that's maybe that is something to like look into. So I do think that there's like an extent of like going too far and saying like, oh, no one's allowed to use this word because you've never done it or experienced it. Like I I never want to be that person. Um, but I do, but I do obviously know that like words make a culture, the way, the way you talk about certain subjects make a culture. Like there's, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way. I mean, it's, it's, it's not black and white, which sucks. Like I, like there are, there are lots of things that are black and white, I think like with like race and like things about women and stuff that I'm like, okay, we can never say that. Or like these people are never allowed to say that, but I don't, I don't know. I just, because I think that there are lots of parts of sex work that are like funny that I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I I get it that people like don't want their daughters to be a prostitute. I totally get that. Like, I don't, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I understand that, like, <laughs> you can use it in comedy. I just feel like so many shows and shows that, like, have no other production or, like, no other representation of sex work can, like, do it in a way that's, like, don't worry, I won't become less than, you know? And, like, there's so many ways to make that joke. Like, don't worry, if I drop out of college, I'll just marry rich, you know? Like, there's so many different takes that you could have gone. Yeah, I think it's, like, the issue is when it's, like, becomes that swerf territory where it's, like, sex work, radical, exclusionary feminist, where, like, Mm -hmm. Mindy and, like, Harlem, where it's, like, women, go women, go, especially women of color, we're awesome. And then it's, like, 
ew, did you see that fucking loser ass stripper? Like so pathetic. Ew, I would never become a stripper. It's like, whoa, why are you all for empowering women as long as she's not a stripper? Then she's a piece of shit. Like that's when I have a problem with it. Um, I absolutely agree. For sure. For sure. And I, yeah, that make I, that totally makes sense. I, I fully agree. Like you said, it's these, like, it's these people that are women empowering that have dealt with discrimination in like their race and their gender and things like that. And then are, yeah, just totally like, I've heard that Tina Fey, I guess is like super against sex workers. And I recently started watching, um, 30 Rock, which is like her show. And I was like, yeah, dude, I can't believe the amount of like sex worker jobs that she has in this show. Like it is insane. Like it's like she just looks for a way to like make sure that people know that like no matter what, she's not going to be here. Like she might be a comedian, but like she's never going to be like here where like the sex workers yeah, are. Yeah, it's just like and this like, idea of us like that it's like metric for failure. Like I would never go that yeah. low in life. And it's just like, yeah. you know what? I'm done with it. It's so overplayed. If you can't be a good comedian, it, find a new job. Like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I 100% agree. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I fully agree. I mean, there's just like a lot of subjects that are, I mean, it's like, it's almost like when people use like swear words a lot and it's like, okay, it find another way to be funny mm-hmm. or like, or honestly, my big thing is just like comedians that talk about sex a lot. And I'm like, find another way to be funny. You have to be like, like extremely crude to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have to talk about this like really dramatic time that like you got this like butt plug shoved up your butt for it to be like funny. I don't know. Like I get that can be one funny moment. But yeah, I really – there's definitely there's definitely things that I'm like, all right, move on. Like we get it. I but on I the agree. flip side of that, I do like sex workers making comedies, and we watched the entirety of your Selling Sex in the City miniseries, which we loved. So uh, before we bug you about your new series or movie, we're going to – I'm going to point out two parts that stood out to me. In the first episode, the BHL episode, the one girl getting $600 – um, and doing it twice with the client and then the other one getting a thousand for one time and then she didn't stay for the parfait, which I was like, I was like, I would um, stay for the parfait too. Oh, girl, you know me. I would, I would drag her ass out of there. Like you didn't get no far, fucking parfait and I can't believe you did it twice. Um, but I think it's like, that was like one thing where I was like nodding along. And I think that's like, it's such an issue, even like when you hear that girls like do dances for less money and the guy would like convince them to because he didn't have it but then he paid you double for the dance like uh I think it's such an issue bringing into like the real world problem because there is almost this like veil of sex workers not sharing their pricing and not sharing boundaries with other sex workers and then that's why these clients get to like manipulate that and use it to their advantage so I thought that was like it was done in a really funny way, but also a very important point to address. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's that's another reason why I think these depictions in media are so toxic because it's always either like you're super poor and that's why you're doing this or it's like you – make a million you make a thousand dollars or or your sugar daddy is so hot he's just like this super cool and so hot kind guy. and, and like, so actually, respectful of and you so and so rich <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, like so rich. Like lets you just stay in his house and like use all his cars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, takes you luxury no, shopping. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's such a toxic like image to put out because then anyone who's making less than that just like feels so bad about themselves mm-hmm. and like feels like, oh, what are they doing wrong? Like why aren't why don't they value themselves more or like why can't they stick up for themselves more? And I'm just like, listen, no. Like we've all and it it ha- it. It has its ups and downs. Like, obviously, we're, like, freelancers. So it's, like, it's not always going to be the same. Like, maybe one month I'm, like, you know what? I'm willing to do this for $500. I don't care. And, like, but then the next month I'm, like, okay, don't – you know, also also test things out. Like, okay, I did that and I'm not going to do it for less than this now, you know? Like, or I don't really like that that much. It's not really, like, my – like, on my roster. So, like, that's going to be more or whatever it is. But – yeah, I hate I hate when girls lie about stuff and I have like this whole thing on my TikTok where I'm like where sugar babies I feel like a lot in the media are like I don't even give sugar. Like I'm not having sex with these guys and I'm like okay, but if you're not, it's so much work. It's so much work. Like maybe you're not, maybe you're not giving the sex whatever, but then what are they getting out of it? You're not just going on like one date a month with these guys and getting a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Like they're texting you or they're up your ass or you have to go stay with them or you go on trips or you do this or you do that. Like you're not better than us because we're giving sugar. Like you're probably wasting way more time. You're probably way less time efficient by not having sex. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I think that's like like that whole, like, I mean, we don't really have time to get into this episode and maybe we'll have you back to like go off on it (laughs) with us because um, I have a big issue with like internal hierarchy where it's like an internal stigmatization of like, you know, we're dancers, but a lot of our friends are full service workers and like all the fucking power to you. Women should not have sex for free. Make your money off every male interaction you ever have, in my opinion. <laughs> but like yeah. they should not yeah. even look at you for free. But mm-hmm. I actually had a conversation on um, the podcast page in the in the DMs. Uh, yeah, on the Instagram page. Uh, how did it go now? She was saying something. Oh, it was something about like, um on another Instagram page um someone had commented being like you know you'll make more money off your personality than your looks alone in the industry and I was like yep 100% and then someone a guy commented being like yeah like fuck those bitches that come up and just ask me for a dance like sit down I want to get to know you first and I was like yo I think you misunderstood like the comment because that's not all what me or the original poster meant we meant like yeah, looks can, like, get you the dance, but then, like, people will spend more money because they like your energy. Like, and as, as someone who 100% rolls up and is like, oh, you want to fucking dance or not? Like, I am not <laughs> yeah. someone that sits down. But it, it kind of is back to, like, the idea of, like, for you, full-service sex work is worth it because, like, the amount of time and emotional energy is not worth it. And, like, for me, like, I'm the same way with dancing. Like, I'd rather get, like, 500 dances and make the money than have to sit and talk to you at a fucking table to convince you to go for a dance like I'm just not about it so like I do agree that like I think the emotional labor of sex work is so much more taxing than like a physical aspect and it's just the sheltering of like well I do this but I don't do that you know I'm not listing that it's like yo you're you're having sex with free you're having sex with somebody that's a real crime Brad from the bar for a fucking gin and tonic you know Brad who's never had an STD screening like (laughs) yeah I guess the only thing I will say there is like I I just the only thing is like I think it's frustrating when girls are 
doing like full service type stuff at the strip club. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, we don't because that. that that just and, and yeah, like go do it anywhere else. I don't give a fuck. But I'm like that messes with my money. That messes with everyone else's money. Like yeah, like that just puts us all in a bad situation because then we are confused why we get into a room and every guy's trying to have sex with us. Definitely. Like no, and like when I used to work at a club, um, not here, another place, um, they were like super adamant that like if some if they were like known as prostitutes, um, because it was a small town, so everyone knew who like the working girls were, um, they weren't allowed in the strip club because it was like that's like that's because they would poach clients, right? And like I can't sell a fifty dollar dance mm. if you're selling a fifty dollar blowjob. Like there's just no fucking way. Yeah. So like no, hang, exactly. Hang like, yeah. you know, hang up, up the street and when they're done at the strip club and they drive past you or whatever, like, or you're at another bar, like, definitely, like, I'm all for you making your money off them. But, like, you're coming to my workplace. It's not like I'm going to go into, like, the brothel and be, like, trying to sell my dances. It, Do you mean, like, I think there has to be that, exactly, like, respect exactly. for others' workplaces? Yeah. I, I think, think that, yes. that's this, different than, like, hierarchy for sure. Yeah. There's a realm for everything and you never want to, like undercut other people and also it's just a problem of safety as well like if someone um is offering that and then you get in a room with them and they get angry because they thought that they got that with you for that price as well like it's just dangerous exactly and I have no problem with like I know there are certain girls who charge more for dances or like who will definitely like ask for a tip after like talking to a guy for more than five minutes and like if that's how you run your business cool because I don't know, like, I guess it could be affecting me, but I'm like, maybe I should just be upping my dance numbers then. Like, honestly, good for you. Like, fuck yeah. But I'm like, I I don't think that that, like, deters, like, if anything, like, that's, like, worse for them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if if they want to charge $50 a dance and then only get, or for, like, $100, whatever, and then only get, like, this many dances, like, okay, I'm going to charge $20 and like call it a day like you know I think that whatever you want to charge is whatever you want to charge but just make sure that you're doing like following the rules of the club like that's just a rule in the club when you like got hired like that was a rule like if you want to yeah like be able to freelance and do whatever you want to do and not have any rules then like do that outside of an establishment like yeah no I completely agree it's just about not cutting someone else's grass right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you also have a new series, I believe, coming up, a new movie. What are your plans um, for that? Yeah, this that is um, a crazy process that I'm going through right now. So um, after I, I like wrote and shot my first pilot, um, I didn't really ever like pitch it or anything. I had co-wrote it and co-produced it and um, – it was super like independent. So there was no like paper sign and stuff. And so the, the people that I was working with just like after COVID, we just like weren't on the same page about like a lot of things. So I was just like, okay, whatever learning lesson. Glad I did that. It was like, it was like a tiny film school and I learned like how to write. I like learned how to literally produce a whole pilot and like do all these things. So like, cool. Glad I did it. But then I was like, okay, obviously still want to produce a show based on the club I want to like write a show that's like 
gonna be a real version of sex workers, whatever. So I started working on like another pitch that was just my life, really. Like I was just like, I'll just tell my story beginning to end, like my life, I'll write it down. Um, so I started like working on this pitch. I kind of had a script, but then I uh, made that TikTok and a bunch of people started reaching out to me from me just being like, my TikTok just being like, hi, I'm a shipper and I want to write a TV show about my life. And like, here's the first episode. And everyone was like, this is so good. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And like all these people are reaching out to me. And I was like, fuck, I wasn't really like prepared to like <laughs> send all my materials to like these producers and stuff. So I kind of just had to like get my shit together. And luckily, like it kind of helps if you don't have like a full, full, full like concept because I am so like green in the industry that like they are going to want to like have other writers on and like you know kind of like morph it into their own like concept a little more um but yeah I really just like have made connections through TikTok through like telling my story on TikTok and like I said I, I think it's that this era of like okay we want women to tell this story actually like people are interested in it people like it we want these people that have actually done it to tell this story of like stripping and sex work. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been so crazy because it's like, I met with this producer and then I met with like a production company. And then I met with like people who want to like produce my podcast. And then I've met with people that want to do like a, um, like a reality show or like a docu-series. And I'm just like, this is so crazy. And everyone's like, oh, send us along on the journey. And I'm like, I just don't want to fuck anything up. Like, I don't want to like say something on TikTok and then have some producer or whatever be like, oh, well, like, I mean, I haven't signed anything. So obviously I feel like I'm allowed to talk about anything, but I'm like, I want to bring you guys on this journey, but like, I don't want to fuck anything up because like, it actually is really crazy. Like that this is happening to me Um, because I don't, like, I don't know anyone in the industry, really. Like, I would have just done it myself and, like, reached out to maybe, like, my acting teacher and been like, do you know anyone who could read this script? And just, like, hopefully it got sent around Hollywood and, like, landed in someone's hands. But, um, yeah, the power of social media, dude. A blessing and a curse. But, yeah, it's, like, all these, like, legit people. But so far it's just been, like, meetings of me talking Um about my story and like how I want the tone to be and like things like that. And I've sent them like the pitch deck that I had and a little bit of the pilot episode that I had written and then my past work, like the, my last pilot and stuff. But yeah, there hasn't really been anything that's like super, super solidified. It's really just being like shopped. It's not even, that's not even the right word. Like it's just being like talked about to people in the industry really but I mean it's still really cool and I'm like excited and I hope that it can be produced soon but yeah I'm definitely not doing it independently like I've done so much work independently like with that series with my pilot just like so many things and I've just like spent so much time and spent so much of my own money that I'm like yes I just want someone professional to be like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this for you like we got it and I'm like fuck yeah but it is scary because I don't want to be cut out and like, I don't want to just like sell my, sell my story and have the same thing happen where it ends up in the hands of like a white guy in Hollywood. And so, um, yeah, it is hard just being like a young girl and people are probably going to try to take advantage of me. So it's like scary every step of the way. I'm like, am I allowed to say this? Like, 
are they going to steal this from me? Like blah, blah, blah. But I know enough people and I know enough like agents and just like actors in the industry and stuff that like are luckily like helping me a lot with just like the kind of business side of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I will keep everyone updated on my TikTok about all the progress. I'm supposed to have a meeting like next week with these, with this girl who's like major, like Emmy winning producer. So that will be cool, but yeah, we'll see. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Riley is actually the one who found you. Thank you to her obnoxious TikTok addiction that we're trying to curb a little (laughs) bit. I love it. It gives Uh, me serotonin. (laughs) So you're on TikTok as Palm Wheezy. And you have amassed quite the following on there. You're around 78,000 at the time of this recording, which I'm sure will be triple that by the time this comes out. What do you attribute that success to? I guess just being honestly very refreshing like I'm not playing I'm not playing a caricature like a lot of people are like oh I'm like rich sugar baby or something like I'm not I'm not fully glamorizing it but I'm also I think I've had this I've had this discussion I think glamorizing and romanticizing are two different words And so I think people are always like, you're glamorizing this industry, like stop doing that. And I'm like, I'm just romanticizing it, which I think is okay as someone who's like an an artist, artistic person. Also, it's TikTok. That's like the point of TikTok is to like romantic. I'm like, how come people can romanticize their entire life? They can romanticize every aspect of their life. They can romanticize like how shitty New York City is, like romanticize like living on a fifth story walk up but like I can't romanticize like putting my pleasers on and like going to work why not like I love that because you're so, a whore yeah. <laughs> not- I know <laughs> I know you hate me because I'm dressed like a hunter. <laughs> um, but yeah I think that it's like I'm I do think I'm like a very refreshing person because I will absolutely say like oh my god well, my first video to go viral was the fact that I made $400 in a night and everyone was like, oh my God, girl, get a different job. This is shit money for like being a stripper. Like you need to move on. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand that. Like regardless of how much money I made, I liked going to my job. Like this was me just documenting my job. Like I'm not, I'm not glamorizing it. Like I didn't come here and say like, oh my God, like I got to put these like emit like this amazing thing on everyone was so nice to me and I felt amazing the whole time and I made a million dollars like I'm like no I kind of felt like shit it was a lazy girl shift did the thing I needed to do made my $400 stayed for my four hours and left like whatever um but yeah everyone's like just be a bartender just be this or just be that I'm like I don't want to like I liked going to work and making my $400 I'm sorry that that like offends you guys I don't know what to tell you but like it was just a fact that that was my day that day. And I feel like a lot of um, strippers wouldn't like show days that they didn't make more than like a thousand dollars because they don't want people to think that they only made two, like two, three, four hundred dollars, like whatever it is. I'm like, there's been nights where I've made negative dollars. <laughs> and I hope that other people can see that and be like, oh my God, thank God. 
that this girl also made negative dollars. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I think it's definitely refreshing to see someone who's definitely just being like very transparent, but it's also fun to see someone who's like so in love, like with the job kind of like, just like any other job, like, or anything in your life. Like sometimes you hate it, but sometimes you also love it. Like sometimes I love living in LA, but sometimes it fucking sucks. And it's like, that's allowed for everything else in your life, but not allowed for being a sex worker. And so I think, I think TikTok is a great platform because it's such short form videos that you can see a video really fast about me having a great night, making this much money, whatever. But then you also can see a video within the next minute of me being like, this fucking sucked. I hated this. I'm like depressed right now. But then you can, two videos later, you can see me being like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's definitely, it's a great platform for this type of um, content because, yeah, I get so many comments that are like, you need to talk about the negative sides. Like you need to stop talking about things that are so great in it. Like you need to talk about the negative. And I'm like, I don't have to do anything. Like just because I'm, yes, I do think that it is important to like make sure that every like sex worker and stripper is safe. But in every video I post, I don't have to say like, hey, just because this one night it was really great. I want to remind you that it can also suck. Like (laughs) why is that my job like I don't I'm just literally documenting my life like it's not every sex worker doesn't have a job to like make sure every other sex worker is safe like I think that I'm doing my job by literally just showing my life like I think that is the important part of like this is this is just how this job is as a human being and like yeah I do think that's rare I also am like I'm not a I'm not a very glamorous person. So like, I'm not, I'm not in designer clothes. Like I'm not, yeah. Like I'm working at a small town strip club in fucking Cocoa Beach. Like maybe, I don't even think it's possible to make like over a thousand dollars a night. Like, so I think it's important to show, yeah, these like smaller clubs where like there's only dance, like table dances and you can only make like this, like there's not a private room, like whatever it is. So yeah, I think that that's like refreshing. And I think um, me, not that every dancer needs to like have a dream outside of dancing, but I, I mean, I think all of us know it's a means to an end. Like we can't do it forever. And so I think like, honestly, most dancers, they have a retirement plan or like, you know, they have like another thing that they're doing. And so showing also that side of my life, I think, is something that's like refreshing refreshing like oh I'm like also an actor and a writer and like these are things that I write about and like do creatively so it I mean it's literally just having a full life because sex workers don't get that in the media they don't get a full life and a full character arc and like a full background and like wait you're like a multi-faceted person that can be (laughs) I know (laughs) yeah So you kind of touched on some things there. Obviously, you're very open about your work on TikTok. Um, what has that experience been like? I'm not. I'm assuming it's not very easy. Uh, you're probably getting a lot of. Well, I've seen a bunch of negative uh, comments on your videos. Like, how do you respond to that? How do you deal with being so out? It's so funny because my mom um, 
is always like, Palmer, you need to fight back and let them know that you're like intelligent and like you know what you're doing. No, we And I'm like <laughs> literally, I'm like, mom, no. Like if if like I am I I am intelligent. Like I'm every person with a phone is like intelligent. You know what I mean? Like what even is that word? Like, oh, I have to show that I'm intelligent because I'm a stripper. Like, no. Like You know, like, that's not, like, the point. I'm not trying to be, like, oh, I get to have a – I get to have a platform because I'm smarter than people. Like, no, 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 no. Like, that's that's definitely not the point. Like, the point is, like, I should have a platform because I'm a normal person. Just, like, any normal person should have a platform for what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, it's less about, like, oh, I'm doing this because – or, like, I actually have a plan. Like, I'm smarter than you because I have a plan. The only comments I feel the need to, like, fight back on are are really just comments that are, like, and I mostly mostly fight back with, like, comedy, like, satire, because I just think that it's funny that people are, like, but then, of course, I get shit on, like, when people are, like, oh, but, but, like, why don't you talk about the risks? And I'm, like, the risks are that you might be so financially independent that you can live in a penthouse. I'm so sorry that that's such a risk for you. But I do know that there's like real risks, obviously. But I'm just like, and my mom's like, yeah, you need to tell them like this, 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 and this. And like the reason that you're not talking about this is because of this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this platform, yes, I want to like teach people and I want to give like insight, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a coach, like, and I don't have to be, like, that's not my job just because I decided to show stripping. It doesn't have to be my job to tell every girl, like, hey, there might be guys that try to, like, stalk you or try to, like, you know, take your money on your way out. Like, I'm sorry. Of course, like, that's being a woman. That's literally being a woman at any job, I feel. But I don't, yeah, I don't want anyone to like hurt themselves or like injure themselves. So obviously like protect yourself. And like, I'll say that sometimes, but I'm like, be just because I have a platform as a stripper means that I have to talk about all these things. Like, no, I don't know. No one else has to do that. I don't get it. Like, I just want to be a normal person, but, um, yeah, they don't bother me. Like the negative comments just don't bother me. And I've never been someone that, has been bothered by any negative comments regardless of my job like because I just I don't know I guess I've just always been like more confident than than straight like I'm like they're strangers on the internet like they're literally I'm never gonna meet them I don't care it's I it doesn't have power if I don't give it power so like it's pointless um but yeah so I I really don't I don't feel the need to like react or like explain like sometimes people are like you know you're selling your body like you're selling so much of yourself like you should be ashamed of yourself I could make so many videos about me being like actually you sell your body at a corporate job you sell your time like you sell you know your brain power like you're selling like all these things and like I'm honestly being more time efficient at my job than like you are at your job like cool I don't have like health benefits or whatever but that's like not what's important to me. Like I can make so many videos like that, but I'm just like, yeah, that's just like not the point of my platform. Like I just want to show my life. And sometimes I do make videos that I'm like, oh, this job required no mental intellect whatsoever. And now I'm a stripper and it's actually way more mental 
intellect than like working at anthropology. So jokes on you. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, that's, I could have a whole account just like talking about that. And I'm just like, I don't know the people. I also, I also want to weed out the people that are just being negative Nancy's in my comments. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep making like content that's true content that's relatable to the people that like my content. And if you don't, probably eventually you'll leave. Like if I don't reply to these comments and you keep being like a little dick and you just realize that I'm living my everyday life, like you probably will get bored. So like, bye. Um, That's very big of you. Sometimes I'm in the bath and I like scroll across one of your uh, videos with like some comments and I'm like, I got some time. I know my my roommate's almost the same way. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe this person said this. I'm like, I just can't give that much energy. I can't. I think that's a really good point you made about um, it doesn't have power if you don't give it power. And like, and that's, I'm, I'm so about that. When people say things to me, I'm like, and like, oh my God, your boobs are too big. Okay. And like, and what? And what the fuck else do you have to say? Like, who the fuck cares? They're not your tits. Like, or like any stupid comments, like. Yeah, like, I posted recently where it's like, your friend's a whore. It's like, okay, and? Like, okay, are you, and you get hair? Like, what? So what? <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm like, I'm a big giant whore, and I probably make more money than you. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Go off. Why are on. you so offended by this? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, we're going to wrap up with three rapid-fire questions that we ask all the guests. The first one, okay. what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet, but you want to try? Pegging someone. It's been a common theme. Yeah. People are have Ooh. a pegging itch out there. <laughs> what is one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? This is a tough one. Uh, probably. Being. Probably being strapped to a bed. I don't like not being able to like move my. Arms and my legs are freaking out. (laughs) And then the last one here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Stop worrying about things that don't involve you. And let people live their lives the way they want to. And if it's not hurting anyone, it shouldn't matter. A great note to end on. Mm -hmm. So before we let you go, Palmer, where can people find you and how can listeners support your endeavors or maybe even if they want to audition for your media productions? Um, my handle is Palm Wheezy on most things. Um, on Instagram, it only has one Y and on TikTok it has two Ys, but same thing. Um, but yeah, I'm primarily on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, what other what other way can people reach me? Um, for the spelling of that, for TikTok, it's P-A-L-M-W-E-E-Z-Y-Y. And then on Instagram, it's just the one Y. Those listening yes, in their yes, car don't have time yes. to write it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on both those platforms, I have like, a link in my bio to my website that has my email. I mean, my email is also always in my bio. I mean, so many people have emailed me and DM'd me. I I can't 
like respond to everything, but I'm, I appreciate it all the time. Like even people are, that are just like, I love your story. I'd love to like audition, whatever. I'm like, that's what you need to be doing. Like for artists out there and like people that want to work with people, like DM them, email them. Like maybe I'm not going to email you back right now, but maybe I'll remember it and like email you back when I'm like, oh, actually... Or for all these, for maybe I will be holding auditions and I'll literally just go through all my DMs and be like, these are all the people I'm going to reach out to to like audition, you know, you never know. So yeah, definitely DM me, email me, uh, watch my TikToks. Um, oh, I mean, I am going to be having a podcast called Selling Sex um, and that'll be out on like all podcasts. I'll have a link to that in all my bios. And then um, we'll also, I also have a YouTube channel. And my name is Palmer, P-A-L-M-A-R Kelly. And I'm actually on my YouTube channel, I'm going to be doing like me going to audition at like all the clubs in LA. Um, And like what I'm wearing, what I'm going to bring. And then when I'm done auditioning, I'm going to be like, either I worked there or I didn't work there and just kind of give like a vlog of going through all the clubs in LA. So if you're interested in that, you can follow my YouTube channel. I'll be doing that soon. And then we'll also have a YouTube channel for our podcast um, called Selling Sex. So yeah, you can, it's not up yet, but I'll let y'all know. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, you can find me on Instagram at five zero plus tip or email me at 50 plus tip at gmail.com. Slide with DMs, emails, questions, comments, all that good shit. Thank you so much for joining us, Palmer. It was very enlightening. And I have now become a fan of your TikTok because you were forced on me by Riley. But I love everything (laughs) you're doing. I love that. I I love love what you're about. Thank you so much. Yeah, you girls were a breath of fresh air. Um, Love your vibes. Uh, Go make a lot of money at work. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Bye.